Turning again to that portion of the word that we read in 2 Timothy, chapter 4. We read these solemn words in verse 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. These are familiar words, friends, that I am sure has given us all pause for thought from time to time. Is there a believer here or anywhere else who has not pondered on these words and thought about the unexpected path taken by a man who seemed to be faithfully following the Lord? <coughs> a man who had had the best of company, the great apostle Paul, and yet it seems that even good company was not enough for him to keep him looking to the Lord. And indeed, friends, it is not enough. Good company is not enough. A good denomination, a good congregation is not enough. To be a companion in the company even of the best of God's people does not guarantee the salvation of any of us. And that is something I think that we lose sight of at times, especially within families. How often it is that you might see someone a man or a woman, a husband or a wife, and one is following the Lord, and the other may well be very faithful, and yet not have the root of the matter in them. Children being brought up in a Christian home, knowing all there is to know, and yet falling short at the end. Parents, fathers, mothers, you could go on. And so a good company, while it should be sought out, should never be considered to be enough for any. Now these words of the apostle, do they not come across to us here, not so much in anger at what Demas has done, but you feel that it's true heartfelt sorrow here when he says, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. You can hear the disappointment, can you not, in the voice of the apostle here. Others has also departed from but they for good reason. Creations to Galatia, Titus, and to uh, Dalmatia. 
they had good reason for going. But the pain of being let down here by one whom he obviously trusted and one he shared much with, it now must be hard to take. Someone who seemed to be so faithful and so useful. Does it sound familiar, friends? Sadly, too familiar. We think ourselves, most of us, of those who began so faithfully, those who seem to be so bright. And if they have not fallen away utterly, we see them now that they are drifting along with a veneer of Christianity and little else. I imagine here the apostle, as he's writing, I, I feel here that, you know, that his desire to see Timothy, what he says in verse 9, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. You feel it comes largely from this. He was feeling alone. Do thy diligence, do all I can, Timothy, to come shortly, to help me, to encourage me, and so on. So what is the lesson then, friends, we all need to learn from this at the outset? Well, is it not this? It is, is it not more to it, more to being saved than just beginning to follow the Lord and having an outward forum? So many look so promising at the outset. But the love for the world, ultimately, is what's shown to be greater than the love for the Lord Jesus Christ. The race is only one, friends, when we reach the finishing line. Sadly, there are many Demases. Some we know. But then rather than despise such ourselves, Rather disparage them in any way whatsoever. What we need to make sure is that I am not and will not be a Demas. Now I have to say at the outset that some take it that Demas was only backslidden for a while. But others, and I personally I go along with the others who would say that there is nothing else anywhere in Scripture that tells us that he came back or that he was just a backslidden Christian. And I think the way we have it here points very much to someone who began but didn't finish the race. So let us then consider Demas. Let us consider, first of all, the life he once lived. The life he once lived. I mean, I address this particularly now, first point to professing Christians here tonight. We're told in Colossians 4 and in uh, Philippians that he was alongside Paul, that he was alongside him and others in spreading the gospel. And there's no hint whatsoever, anywhere, that he was any different from anyone else, or that he suffered difficulties or opposition any more than the rest did. And they all suffered opposition, and they all suffered difficulties. So there were really no, we can say, no mitigating circumstances where we said, well, 
Poor Demas, he had to suffer a lot. Poor Demas had much to go through. Life was so difficult for him. No wonder he did what he did. When you think of the privileges that he had, the great apostle Paul, as we said earlier, to lead and guide and direct him. Man, I'm sure that he would, could go to with any of his problems, but he could pour out his heart to, to encourage him, to give him wis- more wisdom and to give him guidance. He was with him where you would see Paul for a time. You would see Demas alongside him. When Paul was standing there preaching Christ, there was Demas doing likewise, we are sure. There they both would be, standing, obviously, outwardly, preaching the gospel, without any sign of worldliness or being involved in anything going on around them. There seemed to be a desire in them for God, a desire for the cause of Christ, to stand on the side of the Lord, but outwardly. He was not what he seemed outwardly. His heart was not right. He wasn't committed. Whatever the outward says, his heart was not right before God. And dear Christian brother and sister here tonight, let us not be slow in examining ourselves. With all our privileges, with all our blessings, with all that we have and all that we have been hearing. Don't be afraid and ask yourself, oh, could this be me? Could this be me? Don't say, no, that's impossible. Well, friend, we know that if you are truly in the Lord, it is impossible. But what I'm trying to say to you is this, that it is possible, nevertheless, to have all the outward form and not be right before God. I have no doubt that demons at one time would not even have contemplated the thought of turning back to the world. That there will be a time when he began so enthusiastic, so full, so determined to keep going. And what happens? Demas hath forsaken me. And friend, These could be the words of the Lord. Demas has forsaken me. Because Paul here was obviously one who stood on the Lord's side. And some people were saying, well, I just can't see it in myself. After all, I'm in church here again tonight. I take every opportunity I can to be with God's people. I get all the opportunity I can to say a word. I read my Bible. I pray. I profess even the name publicly of the Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friends, so did Demas. So did Demas. Isn't that a thought for us? I was wondering... Wonder what the first step, as it were, of going back into the world. Was it because he was seeing the danger that the apostle was in? His very life of time and time again 
Was that too much for him? Was it because he felt the restriction of the Christian life? Was it that he allowed himself sometimes not to be as faithful as he seemed, as it were, on the hiding it from others, but things coming into his life? A little wee leeway, maybe in the company he would want it to keep. Maybe it wasn't as much as prayer as he used to be. Thinking that he could do certain things as long as Paul didn't see it, and no wouldn't approve of it. Nobody needs no. And before you know it, he's drifting further and further and further away. Oh, my dear friends, professing Christ, professing Christian here tonight, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Be careful. Be wise in these matters. We need to be kept. This is it was surely with him. Watch and pray lest we become Demases. How we need to be kept. And how we need to keep ourselves. Of course, as the Lord ultimately keeps any. But there is a level to where we have to keep ourselves. We have to watch where we go. We have to watch the company we keep. We have to watch what we, we, we talk about and the places and the people that we are with. All these things, they can draw us away. We don't know what happened with Demas, but we do know he has forsaken me. It was certainly not a positive step, but a negative one. But then what about some of you followers? not followers of the Lord in faith here tonight. How does that apply to me, you say? Well, let me show you how it might be. There are some of you here, and you will fearlessly speak up for the Lord, and you never professed his name publicly. There are some of you here, and you would never think of now, maybe at one time you did, or staying away if you can at all from the means of grace. And there's some of you here who love to be in the company of God's people. And you will defend scripture and you will keep the Sabbath day. And you will even be disappointed in the behavior of some professing Christians that you know of. And yet you can be a Demas. Many outward signs, good in themselves. But these things, friends, will not take you to be a Christian. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe there's some here tonight. And you look back on your own life. And you think of times when you were much stronger than you are now where you would do all these things I spoke of, defend the scripture and so on. And now what is it? Oh, your silence, your reluctance to stand even for the basic things of the Lord. That speaks volumes, friends. Your silence speaks volumes. When at one time you would never be ashamed to speak up. You used to be so vocal. Indeed, your life seemed to be so unworldly. You seemed to be, as people would say, well, he seems to have a good interest. Oh, I think she's near the kingdom. How often some of us have said that. 
But today, that's gone. Oh, you're here. You're listening in. My friend, if this is addressing your situation tonight, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, dear friend, think about your own situation. Consider what you are and what you are not. Yes, the Christian has to ask the question, am I a Demas? And those of you who are still not professing faith, are you like Demas? But then secondly, we'll look at the life he now loved. The life he lived and now the life that he now loved. Demas hath forsaken me. And that word, it's a, it's a very strong word, the idea of a deserter, the idea of a traitor. Demas has deserted me. He has been a traitor to me. He loved this present world. Others here had an eye on the world to come. Isn't that what Paul is saying in verse 8 there? Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous, shall give me at that day. Not only to me only, but to all them that love is appearing. You see the difference here? Is the apostle, oh, he says, there's a crown awaiting me. There's a better day coming for me. But Demas, having loved this present world, his eye was in the, in the world again. It's a bit like Lord's wife, is it not? The pleasures of this world is what he was looking at. That's the life that he now obviously desired. Is that you tonight? Despite all that you have, despite all that you've heard, despite the company you have, despite being in God's house here once again, is that you? Is the world what drags you and catches you? And keeps you enslaved and ensnared. Maybe nobody around suspects what you're really like. But your own heart betrays you. And for all your good intentions. And I am sure Demas began with good intentions. No doubt about it. Anyway, eventually what was in his heart became evident. And when, as they say, when push comes to shove. What did he do? He forsook him and he sided with the world. We don't know how it came about. Maybe he struggled for a time. But whatever else, the world won. And the world dragged him away to come back into its arms. He gave in to it. Do you recognize that, some of you here tonight? At one time, seeming so enthusiastic for the things of God. But the world has caught you again. And you find yourself now that you're lukewarm when once, as it were, it seemed that you were very warm to the things of God. But now there's a lukewarmness about you. You find that there is 
the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak, it says elsewhere, how true that is for so many. What we have here is having loved this present world. It is the idea of he was well pleased with it and he welcomed it. He loved it, having loved it. That's what was there. He forsook me because he loved this present world. It wasn't forsaking. No, I don't want to go with you. I'll just go aside for a time. It was what drew him back. It was the world and all that was there that caught him. The grip of the world. Oh, my friend, do you know some of that tonight? Maybe you're here tonight and you've been struggling for a time. And you want to rid of it, but it's so strong and so hard. There's this friend you don't want to give up. There's this place you go to, you don't want to leave that behind. There are situations, well, and really at the moment you want to put these things apart. And you're still there ensnared. Fighting maybe at times against your very conscience. And despite, as I said, at one time being identified as one with great interest in the things of God. All the right signs. They're so near the kingdom, that one. I am convinced, and how many of us have, sadly, friends, how many of us have been wrong in making that statement. Thankfully, right at times, but far too often wrong at times. You see, here is one then. What has happened? What happens to far too many from being, as it were, a, 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 a possible recruit in the Lord's army, you've become a deserter. And you have given up. And you have forsaken because you love this present world. This was the desire that you have above everything else. What ruined, friends, think about what ruined, we mentioned, Lord's wife. What ruined Achan? What ruined Judas, Simon Magus, Demas? The world and the drawing of the world. And what can begin as a little thing can end up as a big, big problem. A little, well, why not? And this we hear so often, sadly. Well, why can't I let this go? Why can't I do this? Why do I have to be like that? Why do I have to be at every prayer meeting? Why cannot I miss some services? Why I can't do this on the Lord's day? Why do I have just because they're, this is what they think? Friend, is not what I think and everybody else thinks. What does the Lord think? What does the Lord require of you? It's a full-hearted following of the Lord. And a little why not can soon blossom into a, I must do it. And the wilderness takes hold. And the sinful roots go down deeper and deeper and deeper. And before you know it, how often it is as well, that such people who give up their interest in things of God, they will even go further back from the Lord than they were at the very beginning. And it may be just a little thing that begins it. And it blossomed. Remember, and maybe I've told you this before, it doesn't matter. Remember when I was in Africa, and they used to build many years ago, when missions out there, 
We used to build churches, big churches, like we traditional Scottish churches, if you like. And there was one church, and it had a bell tower. There was no bell by then, and it bent many years before. But out of the bell, the tower itself, a tree was growing. Astonishing to see it. Not a massive big tree, but quite a sturdy tree. And you wonder, how on earth did that happen? And I remember going up there on that roof and cutting it out. But obviously what had happened, nobody planted it there. By the time of building, obviously a little seed of some sort got in amongst the concrete between the stones or whatever. Harmless. What does it matter? Maybe somebody, nobody even bothers with it, or maybe somebody saw it that oh, it doesn't really matter. And here it was now. This big root going down, splitting apart the tower, damaging it beyond repair. Just a little thing, but all the danger of the little things. Demas, then we see, following the Lord with the minority, with Paul, there would have been. But where is he now? With the majority. And how often we hear, well, the majority cannot be wrong. My dear friend, the majority most of the time are wrong. And it's not about majority. It's about who's on the Lord's side. That is what is important. And while the world's open arms will embrace you and will ultimately drag you away, whether they're dragging you, where's the world dragging you? Into a lost eternity. And this is now going to be the end of Ademus. This is now how he was, the life that he now loved, and he couldn't see the end of it, though he knew it all without question. He probably would have preached on heaven and hell. He probably would have warned others at one time. But here he is now seduced by the flattery and enticements of the world and the carnal desires being met and the godly principles that once stood thrown out the window. I hope there's nobody like that here tonight. But dear friend, if you recognize something of yourself here, don't be content. Take this as a warning from the Lord to you. Now, Demas would not have sort of, I don't believe that he would have suddenly woken up one day and said, well, I'm going back to the world. There must have been little things. And that's how often it is, is it not? Some little temptation here. What's the harm in it? Something else there, that'll do. Do you recognize that? So here then we see Demas living a life that pleased himself, but a life without God and a life therefore without hope. That's the life of a Demas and a life therefore bound for hell itself. Demas hath forsaken me. Because he loved, he loved this present world. What a fearful picture that is. The life he now loved. And then finally, friends, the life now ahead of, or if I should be put it this way, the death that now awaited him. 
There's no doubt that Demas, for the greater part, would now be totally content back in the world. He would convince himself, at least, this is fine, it's not a problem for me. And no doubt living outwardly, and as far as I could see, content in that way. But surely whatever thoughts he had, and maybe occasionally he would be convicted of sin, we don't know. Nevertheless, we are left to believe he never returned to the Lord. And it is frightening to think of what his end would be. And dear friend, if you are here tonight and you find you are not as close as it were, as you once thought you were, consider the alternative to going forward with Christ or back into the world. And while his days now may well have been filled with easiness and not having the difficulties that he would have had, of course he would have had, with the Apostle Paul. We know that from Paul's own life. And he wouldn't have the opposition or the mocking or even at times their imprisonment. And his days now may be filled with laughter and worldly living. Oh, my friend, what about the day that was still to come for him, as it will for all of us. I wondered, thinking about, we don't know, but you ever wonder what his last days must have been like? Would he have been thinking back? Did he reach old age? We don't know. Or was it a sickness, as it were, that took him out of this world? Did he think about what he had been and what he had now? When he knew that his life was coming to an end, maybe suddenly, unexpectedly, staring him in the face. I wonder what Demas thought then. What comfort would be in the world, we don't know. What he had accrued in that time, what friends he had. What comfort would there be to him? As he looked back on his years with the apostle, would he have wondered about that? You see, friends, nothing wrong with enjoying what the Lord gives us in this life. Nothing at all. And we should be thankful for what he gives to us. But I say this to you. The world can be a good servant, but oh, a very bad master. Be careful of that, young people here and old. A bad master. When we love the world more than we love God, that is the problem. And what problem is that? The problem of dying without Christ as your Savior. Nobody who loves the world more than the Lord can die with Christ as a Savior. Oh, there are many with a false hope. And sadly, at many funerals, you hear that foolish talk. Seems that nobody anymore goes anywhere except to heaven. But oh, eternal punishment, a lost eternity for an unrepentant Demas 
Das ist die Schule fest. I ask you not to seek to frighten anyone in that sense. What about yourself tonight? Are you someone who at one time seemed so close, as we said earlier, and now you have drifted away? Now you're not so near. Now you've allowed the world back in. And beware, friends, of the danger of that. You're deliberately drifting away from the Lord. Oh, the Lord can save me whatever I am, absolutely. But do you really think that you deliberately, willfully turning back on the things of God, that God is going to be merciful to you just because at one time in your life there was an interest in the things of God? You see, friend, No doubt, the demons of this world, they will not hear at the end, well done, good and faithful servant. But if they are demons, I never knew you. I never knew you. And you know, friends, I believe with all my heart that the lost eternity for such as demons will be so much greater. Those who began and did not continue. Oh, the agony, the agony of the worm that dieth not in that situation, the conscience. Friends, let us all make our peace with God. Let us do what the world tells us. Forsake, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man's thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. There's the promise. There's the promise. And even Demas, we can say, if he had repented, and you, if you repent, the Lord will have mercy upon you. He will abundantly pardon. That's the hope we have. That's the assurance we have. Why should any perish in this congregation tonight? When that hope is held out in the gospel. Oh, but I started and I didn't keep, keep going. That's not good. But friends, you still are the mercy's ground. You still look to the Lord. You still call upon him. You still have opportunity to do so. You think of Demas and all the head knowledge that he had. Taught by the very best theologian, if you like, of the day. And yet for all that, he forsook him. Beware, friend, of outward formality, as if the way of salvation is just in these things. We are thankful that you're here tonight, but don't make a pillow of being here tonight or any other <coughs> night. Demas, though he would have won many a theological argument, no doubt about it. He would have known his Bible, knew his theology, he knew right and wrong. So what? So what? At the end of the day, this is what is said. Demas hath forsaken me, so it's forsaken me, having loved this present world. You know, we teach, we teach our children 
and even for ourselves, dare to be a Daniel. And that's good advice. You know, the story of Daniel, he was not afraid to show where he stood. Dare to be a Daniel. Yes. Repeat that and say it often. But say this also. Dare to be a Daniel. But beware of being a Demas. Let's pray. We bow before thy majestic throne, and our hearts, O Lord, are troubled so often. Even thy people here are troubled at their own unfaithfulness and find themselves confronted with their own sinfulness so often. O Lord, help us all, if that be our situation, to seek to draw near to thee once again that we would not be found wanting on that great day. Lord, help us to be followers of the Apostle. Indeed, more than that, followers of the Christ of the Apostle and not be found to be a Demas at the ultimate end of our lives. Lord, prepare us for it and hear us for Christ's sake. Amen.